Chapter 44, September 2001, age 46. A few months passed and the tension from being left without government protection faded. Robert and Patricia continued going to Evers Road Christian Church and even continued their relationship with Brent and Melissa, although Robert was no longer on Brent's real estate website. Pastor Philip was understanding of Robert and Patricia's situation and told them they were welcome at the church anytime. The senior adult ministry continued in its success. Added to the already extensive outreach was a once-a-month senior Sunday. The staff from the nursing home would shuttle seniors to the church so they could enjoy worshiping together with the people from Evers Road. At times there would be as many as a dozen who attended. One of those seniors was Caroline, who came regularly in spite of being weakened by her ongoing battle with diabetes. She and Robert had grown in their relationship, and she took advantage of any chance she had to be involved with the ministry. One particular senior Sunday, the seniors arrived a few minutes after the singing had started. Robert noticed a man he didn't recognize pushing Caroline's wheelchair. He and the woman walking next to him sat down in the pew alongside Caroline. After the service was over, Robert made a point to introduce himself to them as they made their way into the foyer. Robert, I want you to meet my son and daughter-in-law, Caroline said with labored breath. I'm Matt, and this is my wife, Suzanne, Matt said as he shook Robert's hand. We've heard a lot about you and just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate what you're doing for my mother. Are you kidding? The pleasure's all mine. Your mother is a real sweetheart. She makes it easy to love her. Oh, Robert, you're going to make me blush, Caroline said, inciting chuckles. Suzanne, would you take mom to the bus? I'll catch up with you in a second. Don't forget to tell him what I said, Caroline said as Suzanne pushed her to the bus. I won't, Mom. Matt's smile disappeared as he turned back toward Robert. Mom's not doing so well. Yes, I can see she's very weak. What does the doctor say? He doesn't know how much time she's got, but it's probably not very long. Robert shook his head. I'm sorry to hear that. She wanted me to ask you if you would say something at her funeral service. Me? Yes. She wants to have the service at your church. I know it's kind of strange that a woman who considered herself Catholic all her life would want a Protestant preacher over a Catholic priest, but that just shows how much of an effect you've had on her. Robert's throat tightened. You tell her, I'd be honored to do it. The following week, Robert rushed over to the hospice where Caroline had been admitted. Matt had called Robert and told him that Caroline didn't have long to live and that she requested he come. As he entered Caroline's room, he saw her sunken into the white bed linens, which were drawn all the way up to her shoulders. Her left hand protruded from the covers and held onto the hand of Matt, who sat in a chair next to her. Suzanne hovered over his shoulder. Matt leaned closer to his mother. Robert is here, Mom. Caroline's head movement was slight at first, but then she turned her eyes to Robert, who was now standing at her right side. Robert. Her voice was barely above a whisper. I'm right here, Caroline, he said as he took her other hand. You look like an angel. A small smile flowed across her face, and then she said something indistinguishable. Robert leaned closer to hear. Mustering her meager energy, she said, I'm about to dance. 
Robert's own smile appeared. Yes, you are. Robert stayed for a while. He had prayer for Caroline and her family and sat next to her as he read comforting scriptures from the Bible. The following day, Caroline died, and three days later, amid tears of sorrow for his lost friend, Robert said some final words at her funeral service as promised. The following Sunday, he was pleasantly surprised to see Matt and Suzanne attending the morning worship at church. Not long after, they prayed with Pastor Philip to receive Christ and committed their lives to his service. I can't think of a better outcome of death than someone getting saved, Robert said to Patricia as they drove home from a dinner date. What a sweet lady she was, Patricia said. You know she's ecstatic, knowing her son and daughter-in-law are going to reunite with her one day. Robert's cell phone rang. Hello? Can I speak with Robert Borelli? Who's asking? This is Agent Grover from the FBI field office in Florida. Are you kidding me? Patricia said as she and Robert walked into their apartment. After they kicked you out of the program, they have the audacity to ask for your help? That just takes the cake. It wasn't them that kicked me out of the program, Patricia. It was the marshals. Still, here we are with our lives on the line, and they want us to help them. It's what I agreed to. I have an obligation, whether the marshals protect me or not. Patricia threw her purse onto the kitchen table and opened the refrigerator to fetch a bottle of water. That's just not right. They should help us out some way. I think they'll help us relocate. That way we don't have to keep looking over our shoulders. No kidding. Patricia put the bottle on the bar. When is the trial? They didn't say, Robert said as he took off his jacket. So who will you be testifying against? I can't say. Why not? I'm your wife. You should be able to tell me everything. It could compromise their case. Great. This is just great. Honey, I told you before we were married, there'd be times like this. Yeah, but that was when you had protection. Now we're just a couple of sitting ducks. I know. It's bad enough for us that I was used against Nikki. Now if the guys back home see that I'll be used against them on a regular basis, that's probably not going to sit too well with them because I know some of the things they did. Patricia shook her head and started walking toward the bedroom. Where are you going? Robert asked. I'm going to take a nap.